I'm Carissa Andrews, international best-selling indie author and CEO of Author Revolution. With more than 15 books published, it's safe to say I have made a ton of mistakes in my endeavor to become a full-time author. The most important thing that I've learned in the past decade is that indie authors need to protect their creativity and their serenity. Being an author is a long game, and that's why I'm on a mission to teach other indies just like you how to publish books with a sustainable, rapid-release method. I created the Author Revolution podcast to give you insights and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you do just that. If you're an ambitious author or one in the making who's looking to create a long-term author career and a life you love, you've found your tribe, my friend. Let's get your author revolution underway. Welcome back to the Author Revolution Podcast. Now, this week has been a week full of lessons and eye-opening insights for me. Not only did Infostack's Write, Publish, Profit 4.0 go extremely well, which was exciting in its own right because it meant that not only was the stuff that I'm doing getting out there into the world, but it shows how much excitement is going on in the indie author space. And in addition to that, I was actually asked to be part of Ally's self-publish con later this year. In it, I'm going to be discussing, shocker, rapid releasing, but also the prolific author mindset. Now, when it comes right down to it, having a sustainable author career in which we're called prolific, there really are some mindset blocks that can hold us authors back. And many of us just never get to the point of publishing more than one book, let alone publishing, like I say in Rapid Release Roadmap, four books a year. So I've been thinking a lot about what it means to be a prolific author, what the prolific author mindset is, and what an author business mindset is, as a matter of fact. In doing this, I recently fell into the orbit of Denise Duffield-Thomas. She's the author of Get Rich, Lucky Bitch, Chillpreneur, and she's also the founder of Money Bootcamp. And now for me, let me just tell you, Denise is my spirit animal. (laughs) She is amazing. She's a fellow Virgo herself, and her words are just really down to earth, and her teaching style and stuff just makes sense in my brain and really puts me at ease. So here's what I've been working on. I've found that even myself, even now, after all the books that I've put out there, all the things that I've done, all the courses I've created, all the podcasts I've written and produced, I still have my own money blocks. I have ideas about how things are meant to work, but ultimately I start blocking myself because I think I am not worthy of them. Now, have you ever come across something like this where you have this goal, this thing you really want, let's say write a novel, and then you just don't feel like it. You don't feel like writing the book or you don't find the time or you find the excuses or you think it has to be perfect. And the next thing you know, there's this big ball of anxiety around the one thing you really wanted to accomplish and get out in the world. Does that sound like you? It's totally been me in the past. Well, one of my biggest things (laughs) has been all about building my empire, right? I love talking with you guys. I love putting out my podcast. I love sharing information. I, at my core, am someone who just loves to be able to communicate what I know and be able to help others to be able to level themselves up in the same way that I have. 
But when it comes to monetizing or creating the life I really want, I think maybe it's a woman thing. I don't know. Maybe guys feel this too, but it's a struggle to put myself out there and go, okay, my self-worth is now somehow tied to or bound to this online course or the eBooks that I just put out or the audiobooks, whatever the case might be. And I don't know, it just feels weird or it feels strange. And then when I have information that I want to be able to share, it feels odd to be able to monetize that, right? And so Denise Duffield Thomas has been amazing when it comes to helping me realize that it's okay to do both. It's okay to love sharing information and giving away my knowledge for free, but I can also put it into a product that no one can find anywhere else and they are going to enjoy it. They're going to learn from it. They won't have to shuffle through all the information out there in the universe <laughs> like I have in order to get the information on how to do things properly, right? And so I've been doing her um, books. I've, I've read both of her books. I'm actually in her money boot camp right now. And it's just been really eye-opening to see how I myself, even now, even after all the mindset work I've done as an author, can really uh, limit me and keep me from doing the things I want to do in life. So when it comes to author mindset, I really want to come back around to that because for me, I think it's all tied together. We as authors struggle to make money as creatives because we're afraid that our creativity, the thing that we produce, the idea that we put together, we struggle with the idea of, is it even worth it? Will people actually enjoy it? And then we start thinking that our worth really is tied to that, that it isn't um, a separate thing, that somehow if someone doesn't buy our book, we're not worthy. If someone doesn't buy our e-course, we're not worthy. Or we start to worry that what if they don't like it? Do they just not like me? Do they not like my idea? Now, all of those things ties back then to our drive and our desires then to be perfect. So we have all sorts of things that are going on in our heads as we're creating, as we're trying to put our stuff out in the world, and as we're trying to earn the money that we want to earn as indie authors. So this money bootcamp thing has been incredible, but it's, it's helping me see not only how I'm not monetizing myself properly for my courses and all the things that I do, but I'm not monetizing myself as well as I could be as an author either. There are ways that I kind of hold myself back from the very thing that I know is going to boost me up into the next level. And my biggest thing, I went through a whole big list of things that Denise asks us to do. She wants us to think about our whole list of money memories. And you're supposed to write them all down. Anything that's kind of felt icky or weird or whatever in the past, things that you didn't like. Um, you know, like if you were a kid and you had to wear crappy jeans instead of the highest fashion, whatever, whatever it was, write it down on your list. And as I was going through my list, I realized that my money block is that I don't feel I'm worthy to have the thing I actually want. Whoa, right? That's mind blowing to me because throughout my life, whether it was a doll I wanted or a pin for crying out loud weird side story. There was a pin I really wanted as a teenager. It was a new kid on the block. I know, I know, just dated myself. But I wanted Joey, damn it. I wanted this huge, for whatever reason, they made these huge big pins. Maybe if you're old as, as old as I am, you remember these, but they were massive. They were like four inch size pins that you could wear and they were like the in thing. 
Joey was my go-to guy. I wanted Joey. <laughs> my mom and dad were down in the cities and they picked up one of these pins. It was the greatest thing ever. And it was Donnie. And I went, what is this? <laughs> so no matter what it was throughout my life, if there was something I really wanted, it felt like I wasn't worthy of the thing I actually wanted. I wanted a leather jacket. And I told my mom and dad, I want a leather jacket. It's really important. I wanted to have a black one. And it got a leather jacket, but it was brown. And it was not what I wanted. It didn't look anything like the idea in my head. So all of those things, all of those memories compile. And you as an author are going to get this. We tell ourselves stories about what our worth is, what our we worthy of. And that plays out into how we operate as adults. So when it comes to publishing, I'll bring this right back around. What I've found in the past decade that I've been writing, publishing, and teaching are the following. Number one, whether you believe you can or believe you can't, you're right. So if you are telling yourself you can't write four books a year, there's no freaking way possible. Well, guess what? You're going to do everything in your power to prove that you're right. And if you believe you can, if you think four books a year, heck yeah, I could totally do that. Six week sprints with rapid release roadmap and Carissa by my side. Hell yeah, I can do that. Guess what, guys? You're going to do it. But there's a caveat because number two, you need to have a why. Why are you going to do that? Why do you want to write four books a year? Why do you want to write a single book? What is your goal as an author when it comes to putting yourself out there? Is it to have a legacy? Is it to create an income that's going to be sustainable for you in the long term? Is it to grow an audience because you like to feel connected to others who are enjoying the types of creative endeavors that you are writing about? What is your why? You need that in order to sustain you through those times when it's going to get hard because indie authorhood, let me tell you, it's not easy. And trying to build an audience, trying to build uh, your income is not easy. It's going to be a struggle for some of us, for most of us, actually. There are very few authors who hit all those right notes right out of the gate. And if you are one of those weird little unicorns, go you. But most of us are not that. I know I haven't been. It's been a decade of learning and struggling and growing just in order to be able to hit the five-figure mark, right? So I'm at the five-figure mark. I'm not even at six figures yet. I am working my butt off so that I can move past this whole concept of I'm not worthy of having what I really want. So number three, one of the things that authors really need to remember and they forget often is to trust the process. There is a process to this. The only thing that's kind of really holding everyone up is this idea that it has to be instantaneous. <laughs> we, we are so weird. We will go through months of writing and slogging through our words and trying to get the book organized and then still turn around and think it should be instantaneous that people find us and buy our books and love us and grow our whole author platform to this explosive, big, massive thing. But that's not how reality really is. And I don't think a lot of us really want that anyway. When you think about it, if you are writing your first book and your author platform explodes after that first book, where do you have to go from there? First of all, it's going to freak you out because how do you live up to that first book? 
How do you maintain the level of excitement that the first book had? What happens if you don't? Are you going to fall off the cliff and no one's going to hear from you again? How do you maintain your consistent, prolific author mindset throughout all of it if everything came to you all at once? One of the things that was really interesting that I found when I was reading Chilpreneur this past week was Denise was talking about how numbers play out all over the place. And so when you are, let's say, launching an e-course or you're putting your books out there, 1% of all people who put their eyeballs on it, whether it be your sales page or your um, Amazon landing page, whatever, 1% of those people will purchase. And that's a good statistic. So when you think about that, 1% how many people need to see your stuff? How many times do they need to go out there? How much effort do you need to do in order to get those 1% to come over to you? But it's also great too, because it's that filter. You don't have to worry that 99% of those people that you're going to put it out there are going to notice you and come to you. You don't have to deal with all the customer service issues if you're like me and have an e-course. You don't have to worry about book returns and 9 billion different emails you get that trickle of things coming in and you're able to grow with it, right? You're able to adjust your process and tweak your flow and get everything organized in a way that's really going to help you grow into your new role. And I think the universe is kind of smart that way. So number four, one of the other things that I really have found over the years is that in order for you to be prolific, you have to hack your habits. And that it ties all back to your mindset, but you have to hack the way you're doing things daily. You have to figure out, are you someone that writes best in the morning? Are you like one of those creative supernovas that the second you get up, you are inundated with awesome ideas and you just want to get out there and write them all down? If so, why are you writing in the evening? If so, why don't you just make sure you are setting aside time to getting all that stuff done? Now, if you are the opposite, if you are a night person who just loves to soak in the quiet of the night and all of your cool, incredible, creative ideas come to you then, why are you trying to do it on your lunch break? There are all these things that you can kind of start paying attention. And it's that whole Oracle of Delphi saying, know thyself. When you know what you are capable of doing and what works best for who you are, You're going to explode all this awesomeness because you're working within your zone of genius and you're working within who you really are and how you want to operate, right? And you're creating a life that is sustainable for you instead of, I don't know, what other people are telling you to do. (laughs) Does that make sense? All right. And then number five, one of the huge things that I have seen over and over, not just with myself, but definitely with myself, but with others is that. There are imposters lurking inside your head. There really, really are. And you need to give them a swift kick in the butt. Whether they are perfectionism, if it is you have to do everything by yourself, or it's, you know, things normally come really easy to you, so why is this thing not working? There are actually five different author imposter archetypes, and all of them can play out at once. You could do just one of them. And honestly, you need to understand how they're impacting the way that your mindset is so that you can, number one, notice them, and number two, kick them in the butt and get rid of them. You have to be able to move past all of the voices in your head and know that sometimes 
those thoughts and those memories or some of those um, things that are seeming like they're helping you, they're really not. They're holding you back from the one thing you really want. So how do you hack all of those habits? How do you go through and become the most prolific writer, author version of yourself? How do you do that? Well, number one, you have to set writerly goals and you have to stick with them. For example, write four books a year. That's a big overarching goal, right? With Rapid Release Roadmap, that's what we do. Write four books a year, but then we break it down. You can't just put this huge monolithic goal out there and think, okay, I'm gonna do it. You have to break those goals down into smaller goals. Okay, so first book, how do you do that? You're gonna write your outline first. You're going to go into a six-week writing sprint. Once the writing sprint's done, you're gonna do your editing phase. Once the editing phase is done, you're gonna go back through your revisions, and then you're gonna give it to your ARC team. And then you're gonna go ahead and you're publishing this thing, and you're not gonna overthink it, because sometimes that's where we get stuck. And then you're gonna do the process again. Each quarter, every three months, you are going to do this process. You don't have to do a book a month and be crazy rapid releasing like that. In fact, I really don't recommend it because it puts you into a survival mentality and it really is not good for your creativity. You need time to get outside, guys. You need time to go down to the beach and hang out with your kids and laser tag something. You know, do something that is having absolutely nothing to do with writing or being creative because your creativity comes from rest and fun. So once you have all of your regularly goals and you're, you're set, number two, you have to remind yourself that you're reaching for progress, not perfection. You can't hold yourself back thinking everything has to be in perfect alignment. Trust me, I know this one all too well. <clears throat> Perfectionist imposters unite. But anyway, you have to remember that even if you wrote your book and it's not perfect and you put it out there and someone tells you in a review that the grammar sucks, let's just say, worst case scenario, maybe that's it for you, I don't know. But you can take it down, you can re-edit it, you can edit it and leave it out there. You can do whatever tweaks you wanna do, you can change your cover, you can do so much stuff. But if you don't do it the first time, how will you know? How will you know whether or not you need to do more? How will you know whether or not you can succeed in the first place? Maybe you put it out there, and it was a blockbuster, amazing bookseller. Who knows? You don't know until you do the thing. So number three, write every day. It doesn't have to be a lot. You don't have to be like me and go, okay, I'm going to write 2,000 words. And if you're not in your six-week writing sprint, maybe writing every day means you're going to do some really fun, creative social media posts. Maybe writing every day means putting down your thoughts for your next book. It doesn't always have to be writing in your actual novel or your nonfiction book or whatever. It can just literally be organizing your thoughts so that you're doing and progressing toward your end game. Does that make sense? Hopefully it does. Okay. Now I want to end with this thought because I loved it so much when I heard it come out of Jillian Michaels' mouth. God, it must have been more than 10 years ago. Transformation is not a future event. It's a present activity. Let me say that again. Transformation isn't a future event. It's a present activity. So what does that mean? That means writing a book. Yes, it's in there in the future. But in order to get there, 
You have to be present each and every day that you're writing it. Having a prolific author career, rapid releasing, getting your books out there, having that mindset in place, all of that takes daily work, daily effort, daily reaffirmation, daily fine tuning in order to get there. So if you would like to work on your prolific author mindset a little bit more, I'm going to tell you that I actually have a free ebook out there. It's called The Right Frame of Mind. So all you have to do is head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash write dash mind. And that's write like writing a book, W-R-I-T-E dash mind and download your copy because it's totally free and it's going to give you some insights and dig a little bit deeper into author imposter syndrome and where all of the limiting beliefs and baggage comes from, and how to really kick it in the butt and get rid of it. So all of this stuff is available for you, like I said, authorrevolution.org forward slash write dash mind. Now, for those of you who missed out on InfoStack's incredible Write, Publish, Profit 4.0 deal last week, maybe you let your imposters get in the way or limiting beliefs, right? But if you did, it means that you did miss out on rapid release roadmaps once in a lifetime deal because it was a part of this year's stack. However, do not fret because I have good news. I've decided to officially launch rapid release roadmap, which is my signature course for all things rapid releasing and the prolific author mindset so that it's now available year round. Yes, Denise Duffield Thomas, I am releasing my blocks and I'm trying to just do the thing. (laughs) I'm putting my stuff out there. I don't know whether or not people will jump on the bandwagon. I'm hoping so. But if not, I am going to just continue living my best life anyway. Now, if you want to check out the course, though, like I said, there's no longer a waiting list and you are free to join at any time. All you have to do is go over to rapidreleaseroadmap.com to learn more and sign up. Now, as always, if you'd like to download today's transcript or get links to some of the items I talked about today, you can always head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash 85. I really do hope that you found this episode to be the mental kick in the pants that you've been looking for. I know I've been working a lot on all of this mindset stuff. Maybe now is just the time for it. I don't know. We authors, though, have a tendency to get into our own way all the time, actually. (laughs) And then we wonder why things aren't working out the way we want. Well, not you, my friend. You, you are going to go forth and start your author revolution. This podcast episode has been brought to you by four amazing people, Daphne Garrison, Tammy Tyree, Quinn Ward, and Scarlett Braden, who are Author Revolution Podcast's Patreon supporters. If you'd like to learn more about becoming a patron, head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash Patreon to find out what the awesome membership levels are and what you end up getting. The Author Revolution Podcast is here to provide tips, tricks, and tools for embracing a prolific author mindset and making your dreams of becoming a full-time author a reality. In order to continue providing the quality content you've come to know and love, I would appreciate your support. As a one-woman show, the podcast takes a lot of time away from other tasks, like writing. (laughs) Plus, your support also makes this mompreneur's heart smile. Head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash Patreon.